0: Four, 9.
1: Yeah. Who's we? Well, actually, it's right before noon, but I'm oh, going yeah. to argue hard. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and Ingrid, you're there. Yes, Ingrid.
1: In- Ingrid
0: and Shannon and I and Annie and today Nicole joined us.
2: Whoa. That's why you guys are all smiling. <laughs> Anybody who's not smiling, you should join those guys. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> what what you said you did the three 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 rage and then three 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 fear,
0: yes. You ended
2: with fear and you're smiling. Can yes. You, can you explain that.
0: Yes, because it makes it it clears it all out. You know, it it allows me to um take care of myself and and oh, and you know what I realized this morning is that. My fear comes from, a lot of my fear comes from my dad. And so, I mean, I kind of, I knew that, but it was really prominent this morning. And I took on his fear for me. And I carry that everywhere I go. And so it's like, oh, so it's, it was like letting go of that when I, you know, when I was, when I was doing fear.
2: Good work. Jeez. Oh, Who's
0: with Anne-Chloé?
2: Oh, you have to identify yourself now. (laughs) Okay, muting myself, here we go.
3: Okay.
0: Go ahead. I'm Sofia Magdalena. Wait. Yeah. Got it. And we have just been in a three week tunnel of transformation (laughs) of expand the box possibility lab and evolutionary lab and we are just, (laughs) (laughs) but we are smiling
3: too, but we are smiling too. (laughs) Being done and smile. And
2: Pontus (laughs) Pontus was there for part of it. How's it, how's it going Pontus, can you say it again? Uh, yeah, I was there for the first week. I've been oh, not,
3: oh, integrating for two weeks now. Cool, thank you. Who who else can we hear from? God, you guys are really smiling. Who else can we, Jennifer? Hello. Yes.
1: I'm in Seattle right now, as a matter of fact.
3: Whoa, that's a I'm lot. on my
1: Western tour. <laughs> yeah. So, getting ready for my ETV coming up on Saturday. I have a lot of fear.
2: In Seattle or where?
4: No, 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 in Miami.
2: You're going back.
4: Yeah. I'm going back.
2: All right. Anybody else would like to say something in terms of in terms of w- like what's how it was possible for you to get to this space tonight t- this morning? How is it possible? How did you make it more important than having fried
3: eggs right now?
1: I have a, an answer to that. I, I'm i uh, making uh, decisions about everything on my calendar uh, and uh, I've been feeling quite overwhelmed because there are many possibility management things. So uh, part of this is designing calen- Calendly because I can't figure out when I have spaces. And on Google Calendar, I say an option that, that to say like busy or still open. So I can tell Calendly uh, whether I can actually, uh, whether Calendly will actually schedule during this time. And I just now uh, a few minutes ago w- looked over this one and it was like, I'm busy. All so right. there are two, there's, uh, two virtual events uh, designed by other people on one on Monday and one on Friday that, that uh, anchor my, my time now.
2: <laughs> What's the Friday
5: one?
1: It's uh, a, a, Zoom meeting, uh, uh by Zoom uh, professionals, uh, called no more bad Zoom. It's a networking meeting.
2: Well, well, yeah. If it's the same level of importance as this study group, it must be kicking ass.
1: (laughs) It is surprisingly so. (laughs) I've never uh, had such a a useful networking meeting.
2: Great. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Shannon, go.
6: Yesterday I participated in Amanda's and Scott East's uh, Sunday PM team. We did an experiment. It was the echo.mystrikingly.com spark where you write for 15 minutes. Well, it's supposed to be 30, but we did 15 in silence about what brought us into this space. And It was interesting, all the shares. And <clears throat> it was interesting to realize that Zoom and COVID, and pain brought us into this space because Mm -hmm. echo served us and it was beautiful to see how the pain brought us what we needed and, and the pain brought us love, like just so much love. I I don't want to, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to ruin the experiment for anybody, but it was really beautiful to see all the coincidences that happened so that we could all be together in this moment, in this small now. Hmm. And this time for me is non-negotiable.
3: Me too. (laughs) Yeah, thank you.
5: I see Joseph is here. Hello, Joseph hello everybody do mm-hmm. you want to say something oh, quite in a kind of a liquid state in after our session together clinton and i'm still uh, having started a lot of things after the p lab kind of digesting uh, all the initiatives that i'd started before and now i need to um kind of um get a kind of a focus not to eat too much of the good stuff at the same time and to find the right, the right, uh, doses of challenging, of experimenting and, and doing things. Good. good. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Sounds super. I got, it. I, you know, each of us has our own, uh, practices that are that develop over time and I've been thinking about it lately. How there's different different degrees of approaching this. Our practices. When I'm when I'm feeling like it's enough, or it's a lot, or something like that. It it tends to be my practices that I, I set aside. I mean, sometimes, I mean, most of the time, I still brush my teeth and floss my teeth. But there's times, even when my gremlin just slides in and says. That's enough. You know, that's enough. <laughs> and I, I listen, you know, and I don't know how good that is. I was thinking, I was making a list in the evolutionary lab about what makes my life ordinary instead of extraordinary. And that what makes it ordinary is when I skip practices. When I skip whatever practices, it makes my life ordinary. And so I, I have a new impulse or a new motivation, a new enthusiasm about uh going going for practices even when it makes no sense to my box or to my gremlin or to my physical body or or whatever because because of the extraordinariness that can come from that it's not the only thing but Mm -hmm. i mean i'm i'm looking at the book we're about i'm about ready to start reading we're at this section, which is really starting to be nuts and bolts section, it's this, how we're put together this whole thing we were talking about last week about how boxes come in layers, and how, how challenging that is to um, somehow relate to these complex forces that are at work through us, in us and through us in our lives, and see them as boxes, you know, as Habit, routine habits or unconscious behavior necessities or these, these old decisions that, that we made in an important part of our life but don't relate to what's happening right now anymore at all, actually. Like absolutely, they don't relate at all and yet we're still following the old decisions. And okay, right, what are the forces that are at work in us causing that to happen? And so I'm, I'm happy to start to read the 18 standard box sections on page 85, and here we go. Over the years of working with people, we've come to recognize or distinguish about 18 standard box defense strategies. All of them are effective. And I want to stop for a moment and just say, I just repeat because I'm sure I've said it before how amazed I am over the years of the, the amount of creativity that human beings put into cre- in creating and implementing our survival strategies. They're so creative, they're, it almost seems like they're alive, but, but the survival strategies are not alive. It's just a me- mechanical manifestation of the thing that we figured out that could help us survive the best. And it's clear why it's important. I mean, survival, if you don't have that, you don't have anything. You know, th- this is really important. So all of the survival strategies are effective. The list is not intended to be systematic or all-inclusive. The value of this list is, thre- is reading through it to recognize which defense strategies your box uses. You may also recognize a number of your friends on this list. None of these strategies is better or worse than any of the others. They're all very ordinary and very human. The point is that consciousness creates freedom. As you become more and more aware of exactly how your box defends itself and how your box interacts with other boxes, you gain a greater chance of being able to behave in ways not originating from your box's defense strategy. What was once an imperative can become an option when your box expands, meaning when you become more aware of the mechanics of the box, just having a choice. So I'd like to skip down and read through the 18 standard boxes and try to figure out which one, some, oftentimes it's a combination of two or three. And another thing is oftentimes we have a channel one and a channel two. And sometimes this is easier to see in children than it is in adults. But I remember one time I was, I was with a young man and we were, it was, we were on a holiday and it was time to go from the holiday. So it's Sunday afternoon, we've been there for three days, something like that. And he was playing some kind of baseball with the other kids out there in the grass. And so uh, I called him to the side of the field. And I said, David, it's time to go. And he goes, he just blows into this rage, this complete rage like i'm not leaving i'm not leaving i'm staying you guys always destroy my time it's I, this is the best time of this whole vacation and now you're going to take me away so he does this for about a minute and i don't do anything it's like i don't react because i go okay this this just doesn't hook me so i just wait and he, he doesn't think of anything else to say and then he kind of stops and and i say we're leaving it's time to leave and then he flips to channel two, and channel two is, it was, this, it was this crying about how horrible it was that he would actually have to leave his friends, you know, this heart, this like heart twisting tone in his voice. And so his mom was there. And I'm like, I don't care. His mom goes, all right, another 15 minutes like this. <laughs> So, And and the second she said that, his face goes, and he runs back over and starts playing for another 30 minutes probably. So this is the channel one, channel two thing. Often we, we have this. Each of us has a channel one and channel two. It's oftentimes not so clear and kind of contradictory as that. But, you know, if you can't manipulate, then blame. If you can't. If you can't uh, out you know, sp- control, well then you sabotage. You know, we, we have this channel one, channel two thing uh, in the background working on. So keep that in mind that those are, you can have both, you know, channel one, channel two can be very different box sp- designs. Here we go. These are 18 standard box defense strategies. We use them in their pure form, or we hybridize them with two or more strategies blended in various proportions. Box number one: good boy, nice girl. So, so when when we're when we're reading through these, why don't, if you if you feel like it's a resonant thing for you, you can just put your hand up. So, I'm I'm what, This is where I was. Our highest purpose is to be recognized as being right and good. We are careful that our actions are justified. We are victims of responsibility, called the responsible victim. We squirm in not very hidden resentment of the cost of having to be good rather than being ourselves. How many people have that one? Okay. Thank you. Number two. And you can feel like you can almost see opposites in some of these. This is the gangster, the black widow spider woman. We either own you or we kill you. We trust no one. We use sex to manipulate. We pride ourselves in acting outside the law as if that were an expression of freedom. Our legendary badness keeps us safe. We feel glad when you feel pain. When we are done using you, we fling you away like a used napkin. We fill our emptiness with sourceless rage. I don't expect so many of you to put your hand up. You could surprise me though. There's a couple of them, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Number three, the ghoul. The ghoul is a soulless ghost like that. We appear non-threatening because we are not really here. Therefore, we cannot be responsible because we keep leaving our bodies. We avoid nourishing ourselves. We mix terror and sadness together to feel isolated. We call it cool. We win by betraying your care for us because you cannot save us. There's nothing you can do to save us. Anybody have the ghoul thing going on somewhere?
3: Okay, great, thank you number 4 the thinker we live in verbal reality we pride ourselves
2: in arguing about everything and trying to be right about it in this way we cannot be touched
3: humanly we talk so as not to feel we are a legend in our own mind anybody have The thinker as a survival strategy. Thank you. Number five, the believer. We create a position-based belief
2: system where we are right and we are special. Through being righteous, we avoid the pain of being so alone. You get that? We fill ourselves with this righteous feeling And then we don't feel so alone. We use flexi-speak. Flexi-speak is using general terms so that we don't have to be specific. We're not committing to anything. It's a very clever way of speaking that has a built-in sloppiness that doesn't actually end up meaning anything. We talk in circles and conveniently forget what we say. We are self-effacing, meaning we, we, act, we degrade ourselves, but for us, being proved wrong equals being killed. So, so it's not okay to be
3: proved wrong because we believe in this thing. Anybody have the believer thing going on? Thank you. Number six is hysterical. We mix anger
2: with fear and and become hysterical. This, we defend ourselves by attacking everything, especially the opposite sex. So you get that? We whip up this hysteria and just attack everything, especially the opposite sex. This frazzles people's nerves. We are too crazy to be dangerous. We don't understand why everyone doesn't love us and why we are not in charge. Because when we are
3: not crazy, we are really nice people. Does anybody have the hysterical thing going on? Isn't this amazing? It's, it's like
2: <clears throat> it's to me I'm just blown away by the diversity and effectiveness somehow of these survival strategies number seven the victim we endlessly spin an airtight victim story around us so we source this airtight victim story we can make a persecutor or a rescuer out of anyone and we hate both of them This says we hate whoever rescues us, but we also hate whoever persecutes us. We are committed to producing reasons and excuses instead of results. We blame others to avoid taking responsibility ourselves. We must be involved in a low drama or we do not have an identity. And we are so sad
3: about this. Anybody have this going along? Yeah. Thank you. Number eight is the clown. We cannot stop joking around.
2: We do not notice that the jokes kill everyone around us. We joke so as not to admit our terrible insecurity. We keep things superficial because then. Everyone likes us. We cannot be responsible because for us, nothing in the world is serious. We mix sadness with nostalgic joy to feel sentimental. Our heart is broken
3: and we joke about it. Anybody have the clown thing going on? Thank you. Number nine, weirdo. We can
2: act weirder and tell sicker stories than anyone else. We repel you to remain safe as the mysterious outsider. We are the artists. We are the science fiction buff. We know all the trivia and can recite it. We are too strange to be a threat. We derive status in our own private circle of weird friends. We long for recognition.
3: Anybody have that one going on? Yeah. Number 10, the new ager. We have memorized all
2: the psychobabble. We are workshop junkies. We are not a threat and cannot take responsibility because we see things from a politically or cosmically correct perspective, but we do not do anything about it really. We overexpress ourselves with movement or voice, so you see that we are truly free beings. We are really pissed off if you do not
3: agree with us. Anybody have that one going on? Yeah. Thank you. Number 11, the loser. We
2: send away our own dignity, we banish it. We mix sadness and anger inside of ourselves to feel depressed that our dignity is missing. We do not take ourselves or the world seriously. We are bent on self-destruction. We sabotage anything or anyone that may become successful in our lives because we are unconsciously dedicated to revenging our parents by being an unhappy failure. I just want to read that last thing again. We sabotage anything that may become successful in our lives because we are unconsciously dedicated to revenging our parents to show the world that they were bad parents by us being
3: an unhappy failure. Anybody have that one going on? It's a big one, it's like, it's so incredible.
2: I mean, here the point, the thing I said before that I read up there in that section, it says, What did it say? um, Consciousness. What does it say? Consciousness. Consciousness creates freedom. Consciousness creates freedom. So that's why we're taking a look at this stuff. We're looking at it so closely to become painfully aware. That's the consciousness part. Painfully aware. So that when this mechanism comes up, we can name it. We can see it. It's not about making it bad. It's not about trying to make it go away or abuse ourselves. It's just naming it, just seeing it. That's the consciousness part. And the consciousness creates freedom from having to obey this mechanical impulse that's in us to to follow this behavior. So when when you're doing this work, when you're doing the possibility management stuff, when you're observing yourself and you notice these things, what happens is, you. what happens for me anyway, is I just, it, that layer f- tends to fall off. And then I discover the next layer. There's, there's kind of another layer underneath and another layer under that. I don't, I wouldn't say it ever ends, but it it changes. It becomes more, I don't know, somehow less, uh consequent it, it causes less significant consequences something like that so so that's the but I, I have a question yeah yeah the, this this
1: loser piece it's it's uh difficult to like raise your hand yes i'm the loser uh, and uh, there's that piece that that unconscious uh a way to unconsciously dedicated to revenging our parents by being an unhappy failure Wow, that that, and and I'm like, I don't do that. Oh, if it's unconscious. Then how would I know? Except that I'm always tripping over myself. So, what's with that?
2: I mean, that one. That one. I mean, each one of these has a little secret in it, which is kind of what you're naming is the, is the the key out of that prison in a way. So you you you're you're investigating on the key for this particular one, and it has to do with the parents. It has to do with completing your connection with your parents. So in possibility management, we do this with first being able to feel, consciously feel, usually involves a lot of rage rage work at first at rage club and stuff. And then it comes to the point of actually making this distinction about not being not being a victim of your parents. It's actually freeing yourself, making the boundary. This is my life. This is my body. This is my life. My, I'm not, like Phyllis said, I'm not carrying your fear anymore. I'm done with that. I'm not doing it. So there's um, many layers in this. There's maybe 12 layers, something like that. So you won't usually get through the parents thing with one process. It takes a bunch of process, three, four, 10 processes, and then you get to this one <coughs> there's a fabulous process in in the labs we do called the mom and dad process it's a growing up process how many people have done that already the growing up process not enough
3: okay.
2: <laughs> yeah get in a lab and do that process it's it's fantastic it is a fantastic thing called the mom and dad process or sometimes they call it growing up process but then and after that I've done it's almost like I've done
1: similar in in uh other game
2: world i don't know see other game worlds have other contexts and other contexts yeah. don't have these distinctions so even though it might be might have been loud it might it could have been more catharsis than cathexis it could have been more things like that well, it
1: was upgrading the inner mother and it 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 did entirely change my interaction with my mother okay
2: yeah, yeah. Well, so that's so what it, it did do something yeah <clears> that's <throat> huh? what it takes so yeah. in this case in terms of the loser in terms of proving to the world that your parents were bad parents because you're unhappy and a failure and and you can track that pretty straightforward and so when you get off the thing with your parents, all of a sudden you can say yes to opportunities and you can make new choices of not having to belittle yourself or send away your dignity like that. And, and, and in secret moments you'll discover that actually you're happy sometimes. And, just, <laughs> and it's okay to even let your parents know that you're happy. In fact, yeah. You could even write to them, you know, you could communicate with them and say, it may have been a long time coming, but guess what? I'm happy, you know, regardless of what they they come back with. Whatever they come back with is not your problem. That's the thing. Yeah, thank you. Number 12, the doormat. We feel everyone else's feelings. We have no boundaries and are totally adaptive. Our highest priority is to feel safe, which of course is in reality impossible because security is an illusion. it's it's comprehensible in in the human mind, but in reality, it doesn't matter how much insurance you have, you're going to end up dead one day. So there's nothing you can do to make, make things secure. It's just—it's really an illusion. So our—and so the doormat highest priority is to feel safe, and of course they can't. We seek safety by giving our center away. Our personal life is minimized, and we believe that our brilliant just—we we believe our own brilliant justifications for that our personal life is minimized. You mean because we give our center away? We're adaptive. All this—we live in secret rage that sporadically leaks out and accidentally kills people, meaning energetically attacks people and stuff like that. Anybody have that one going on, the doormat thing? Yeah, yeah. Nicole, was that a question or is this your hand up? Okay. Number 13, box number 13, the famous box number 13 is confusion. We do not answer your questions directly, or else we answer a different question than the one you asked. If you get too close to us, we can confuse you too. We live with repressed rage that comes out sideways and hurts people. We obtain your confidence and then fail to keep our commitments, thereby entangling you in our low dramas, where we feel most comfortable. We expertly hook rescuers into action, but then have no real relationship with them and also produce no real results. Anybody have the box number 13 going on, the confusion thing? Yeah. It's so great. I mean, the <clears throat> it's so great, for example, with this one, to distinguish that you are actually not confused. It's your box. And then the thing, the mechanism, the confusion behaviors will actually go on. They will actually happen, but it's like this thing. You can have the box over here in your hand being completely confused and you're not. And then so you can relate in a non-confused way and let your box do the confusion thing over on the side. And it works, it truly works to distinguish yourself from this confusion box because we've we've seen people change radically in the course of a few minutes for the rest of their lives when they when they understand that they themselves are not confused it's just this mechanism this confusion mechanism it's often directed outwards to try to confuse other people but it also works confusing yourself how many sorry how many have the confusion thing going on again yeah thank you number 14 rich and beautiful we do not have to listen to you because we are superior appearance is everything we do not actually participate or take risks because we could lose our status if we made if we made a mistake losing status equals death we are hollow and lonely because of our shallow connections to people. We dare not acknowledge our emptiness Emptiness or our facade will crumble and we will not know who we are. We dare not acknowledge our emptiness or our facade crumbles
3: and we will not know who we are. Anybody have rich and beautiful going on? Yeah. And I'm poor. Wait, say it again, Nicole. I have this one going on, even though I've been living on low income my whole life.
2: You <laughs> know, I, mean, I, I, I spent my teenage years in Los Angeles, uh, not far from Hollywood. And this rich and beautiful thing was so thick. It was hugely, it was was, uh, scary. It was scary how big that one was. Number 15, one of my favorites, Sneaking. We live secret lives. We tell lies and do not know it. We look nice on the outside and hide secrets on the inside. We experience shame and self-loathing. We feel most alive when we mix joy with fear and take risky gambles. We arrange our lives so that we are naive and get repeatedly betrayed. This justifies our continued
3: distrust of the world and it justifies our sneaking. Anybody have the sneaking thing go on? Yeah, I used to have that big time. Thank you. Number 16, the power hero. We are too tough
2: to care. We cannot tolerate being unnoticed. We demand front stage territory or front page territory, but cannot hold the responsibility of that. We surround ourselves with followers. We are terrified because if we cannot be the hero, or the quote-unquote leader, we are worthless. And then we sulk, and we go away cursing,
3: and we plot new ways to get power. Anybody have that one? I think that would work in a hierarchical situation or a, a, a corporate situation quite well.
2: Number 17, the bomb. If you touch us, you will die. We have a very short fuse. We threaten to blast you with unholy rage if we do not get our way. We lead with a loud mouth, although our promises are worthless. We only make promises to stay safely in control. And then we break our own promises to create a distraction that keeps you angry at us because we cannot, have, we cannot have friends. We're not allowed to have friends. Number 16 is the power here. This We're talking about the bomb. Let me read that last part again. We only make promises to stay safely in control. And then we break our promises because we cannot have friends. So we break our promises to create a distraction that keeps you angry at us because we blow up. Our hearts
3: are caged in barbed wire. Any of you use the bomb to stay safe? Yeah, thank you. Number 18 is the actor. We're always
2: looking for a new identity. This means like we're always going to new training programs, new certification programs, new... uh, clothing, outfits, all these kinds of things, and we will enmesh you, enmesh with you, sorry, we will enmesh with you, like put our bubble inside of your bubble, just to try out your identity. We're trying your identity on, so we enmesh with other people to try their identity on. We are too self-involved to be threatening. We are sexually ambiguous or homosexual, and that keeps uncool people away. We're always looking for the next thing and use low drama to terminate anything normal or balanced or that has been around too long. We constantly seek approval from others, but there, and there, but there is nobody home in us to feel the pain of, of the emptiness of the approval.
3: Anybody have the actor going on? actor thing. All right, any, any discussion about this? Because the, the next
2: section is different, so I would like to just sit here for a while with you guys and, and talk about this. Anything up for anybody?
3: Um, I'd like to say that I could probably raise my hand to 80-90% so I was trying to do, decide on what the spectrum of it was and um, I think decided that it was where I felt there was a knife edge. I was walking on those, um, but I do want to say that I could resonate with, with most of them. Um, and I think that's, you know, a part of life. So. Um yeah I guess that's it. Thanks. You know the
2: the actor thing that we just read this thing about trying on the different roles. It it sort of matches what you're saying in a way. Because because this you could try this or try that or try this because those people have those around you people have those. And you might
3: be trying on different people's strategies here and there, to see how they work. But that's one possibility. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead, Ingrid.
4: Yeah, I feel like um, there are some I I knew quite well from, from from of these boxes, and for example, a new one is from me, Hysterica. And I found out that uh, uh, with a fear club, uh, I, I discovered that I'm mixing uh, uh, rage and f- uh, and fear together, so that uh, hysterical thing. And, and this really helped me to explain several things. And I, so so, for me, it's in the moment. Uh, this uh, I feel. Uh, yeah, I have some clarity to see that. Another one is coming at the surface and so I I can have a, a clearer look on it.
3: Thank you. Great. Somebody else. I can't see all your hands, so if you have your hand up, just start talking. I've, I found that, um, you know, there were some that were definitely
0: me, but all the rest of them, there were like one or two sentences that were me. So it was really confusing to raise my hand because, um, yeah. So it seems for me that I could take one or two of those sentences and make a different box.
3: Mm. <laughs> yeah. mm,
2: what, I, what I've noticed sometimes is, For example, the good boy, nice girl, for example, will not associate with some of the darker ones or the weirdo ones or or some of the the confusion ones or the rich and beautiful. It just won't associate with them. And so we have a scanner, you know, as I said before, we can walk into a party filled with two, 300 people in a few moments, find the kind of box that, that would that fits with our box in terms of a worldview or comfort zone or our gremlins feeding habits and and call those people our friends because we call it, we have resonance, something like that. So we feel attracted or familiar with those people. And then what about all the other people? I mean, one experiment that would be excellent to do is the next time you're in groups of people is go talk to the people you don't want to talk to. Not just, it's, it's more like go talk to the people who are invisible to you. The ones you would pay no attention to otherwise and go talk to them. And you can just start off and saying, I'm doing this experiment where I'm talking to people that were invisible to me before. And, and I, I need you to explain to me, how come you're invisible to me um, and make it, you know, make it your problem, make it, your issue or can they help you but I've done that before and it's a fascinating conversation every single time it's a mind blower so I really encourage you to do that you know for the rest of the year you know Christmas coming up lots of parties you know you go to your friends and the people who who let you like you know the ones you're familiar with but spend half your time hanging out with the ones who are are the farthest away from what feels comfortable or, or attractive to you. Go to the unattractive ones. You know, go to the ones who just make you, your your guts turn into jello or something like that. And it doesn't have to be such a long conversation, but you know, make it at least three or five minutes, not just a one or two sentences, like really hang in there and try to, I mean, try to, like where we're going with this is that when you can trust yourself to take care of yourself around other people then the other people that you can relate to expands the world kind of opens up to you because if there's an asshole, you make a boundary if there's somebody playing victim and wants to enmesh in you you say i'm not available for enmeshing I'm you know, keeping my center. If there's somebody trying to do this hysterical thing or the joke thing, you say, I want to talk to somebody else over there in you. I want to talk to the one who's not joking all the time. I want to talk to the one in you who's not hysterical all the time. You know, if you can take care of yourself around these other kinds of people, there's, there's, it, it expands your horizons. You know, I just recommend it. So I would encourage us to do that. Uh, this experiment for the next weeks in along with the other experiments, but to just when you're around a group of people, go talk to the the ones dressed as a Buddhist monk, you know, or the one who has tattoos all over, or the one who stinks, you know, or the one who's sneaking around stuffing sandwiches in their pocket, you know, or whatever, whatever the ones you would normally not talk to. The one are drunk off their asses, you know, rolling around. So yeah, just pick That's a great experiment, I recommend it.
7: Somebody else, something about, yeah, Maria? My confusion box is freaking out right now because of what you just told Horatio. I think I raised my hand to the majority of them and now that I'm looking back at the ones I didn't raise my hand to, I also they're also like they're like rich and beautiful and then Nicole said that thing about being poor and I was like oh wait that's also me and this actor thing I is it possible to just like be that empty that like I am like that my box is actually just like crawl into whatever sleeve is most functional for the moment It feels, that feels really scary. (laughs) And I, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it. It just, it's been like really disturbing me since you said it.
2: Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, you have to get that these are, every single one of these is a survival strategy. It's, it's It's a last resort strategy. And so it isn't who you are, but it's what you have learned to do to survive and so i mean i'm sitting over here hundred thousand miles away scanning maria and horatio and i see you both as actors i see you both as that you know you could be actors so there's a certain quality that you have of being able to shift into another person's script a role that's written by someone else and check it out or inhabit the space as and then And then there's a wiggliness of who you are. We don't know who you are. And that means you can shift so easily into something else So nobody can get you. Nobody can control you or dominate you because you just shift into the next thing or shift into them. And it's a really, it's a very um, powerful survival strategy. It is also expensive. It's an expensive survival strategy during the times of your initiatory processes into adulthood because then it's more you have so many habits so such slippery habits of sliding into another script or another role or somebody else's space that that what is how can you find yourself you know basically how do you find your own space how do you make it so that 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 becomes not your habit anymore I mean, it's just as it's just as as strong as, for example, the sneaky one, the liar who's who's lying and doesn't even know they're lying, or has no respect for communicating with anybody about anything because then they they know and can control you. So if you're if you need to sneak, then you're looking one direction and walking the next, or putting one face on your face and thinking another thing. So this, it, these are difficult. Habits to overcome, or transcend, or transform, and that's our work. That's the that's the work of it. M- maria are we going to say something else about that?
7: Uh, sh- in the ETB, Shannon shared with me that I, in, when we did the feedback exercise, a feedback exercise that I'm a shapeshifter and a chameleon, and that was my superpower. That was like something that she talked about as my superpower. And so I'm, maybe I'm seeing a golden key to how this survival strategy is also a superpower, and I can shape shift out of being an actor <laughs> to being other kinds of shapeshifters.
3: Yeah, yeah I would c-
2: like- the purpose of the shapeshifting was previously unconscious survival, and the purpose can shift into service. It can be, oftentimes, we're not there yet in the book, but the, the exact suffering of our, that forced us into adopting a certain survival strategy is the exact training program for what we came here to deliver. And it's, it's so, you know, I can say that, and it, and it, oh yeah, logical, or it makes sense, or, or not, but to consider that the worst thing that ever happened to you in your life, how, whatever suffering you had, or whatever, being excluded, being abused in whatever way, that this is a training program that you designed for yourself to gain the skills and tools to be able to deliver what you came here for. Whoa, well, this is a story, you know, this is a wild jump. And at the same time, what the hell, like, why not? You know, you want to be a victim the rest of your life or you want to be stuck inside these mechanical behavior patterns as if they, they're they your enemy. It isn't your enemy. You know, this is, it isn't, you don't have to fight it. It's the way, it's the path. And so this has really helped me and it helped other people also is to use to use all this awareness, all these distinctions, all these angles, the points of view that we're finding, and, and go, okay, all right, this is the way. This was the way I had to learn this. This is the way I got skilled, Maria, in this case, at shape-shifting. You know, if you, if you study, truly, if you research most indigenous shaman, how they got initiated into the shamanic path, it's horrible. I mean, these people have death diseases or were tortured or lost, nearly starved to death, had some kind of animal eat them half up or some fire burn them over. It's really, if you research the shamanic path, you'll see that this is the kind of initiation it took to awaken them to other realities. And so in the same way, taking radical responsibility for having put yourself in a situation where you develop the weirdo box or the hysterical box or the shapeshifter, the, the actor box, you know, that that was, that was your path? Well, so okay, that's your path. And, it, and you can make it part of your richness. You can make it part of your uh, history in a way that is a legend-making kind of history for, about yourself. Like this was my path. And I think if when you when you guys write your biographies, then you tell the story of your path from the perspective of this was my path, this was the way I needed to go to get to where I could provide my services to the village. I I think it will benefit a lot of people that that they can you will find different people who relate to your story and go, oh my God, this They did that. Well, if they did it, maybe I can too. And all of a sudden, they're not abused victim anymore, and they find the value, the cherished treasure point of of shifting their relationship to to you know stuff that's inexplicable that happens to us. I mean, the fact that each of us are born in this time is is an astonishing coincidence. I mean, like of all I keep asking people I go what if if you could be born in any time in human history when would you like to be born and I keep being surprised that the answer is basically now it is at this point where human beings are are reaching the final test you know what's going to happen are we how are we going to get it together what's my part how can I contribute to the awareness shift that's needed right now across the entire planet across every human being What's my part in this game? Like, the rules are wide open. I mean, you know, it wasn't so long ago, 100 years even or so, that if you walked into a town and nobody knew who you were, they'd put you in jail or kill you or eat you. I mean, it it wasn't so long ago that this was the case with human beings. So these days, you can go anywhere in the entire world. I mean, even with COVID, we're, we're going kind of, everywhere. There's no, there's no real barrier to, to this. So you can go anywhere in the world and, and do your work. You can deliver your, the values that you carry with you, the stuff you came here to deliver. And so, so this is the time to be born. And okay. It's so wild. There's so much awareness that is available to be had. It's to me, it's this like, for example, I've been noticing how the number of there, there was the number of online conferences is starting to just skyrocket. It's like you want to tap into anybody's secret knowledge about anything is online right now in these conferences. There's a thousand speakers at this embodiment conference that I was just part of this morning. A thousand different speakers. And they're decent people. They're delivering their life experience, their, you know, their um, secret treasures and so we're doing this now we're helping each other bootstrap ourselves out of insanity into the next thing and we don't even know what the next thing is And so I, I, I think that it's such a rich time right now to make use of um, a total like, gestalt shift of what the deal is like, what's the deal so, and you can do this whole over, this overview shift of, of what's really going on. And it has nothing to do with trying to earn enough money to live. It has nothing to do with trying to get status. It has nothing to do with living in the right part of town or any of these things at all. It has to do with your village, your tribe, your community. It has to do with how well can you collaborate? How well can you call people out of unconsciousness into this new domain where something completely different from this is possible right now through radical responsibility. How can you do that? I mean, that's what's up right now. This is what, this is the game. And it's the best game in town. It's like, there are no rules. There really are no rules. Anything that's slowing you down is coming from you. There's nothing out there slowing you down except you and so to that's the importance of, of being able to distinguish your box is your box will say oh, i cannot do this or this is not okay or that's not allowed or it's too too much for me or it's bad or it's good whatever the box is telling you is you just put it back in the box this is what the box is saying and, and you go well i have a box but i am not my box." I have a box, I need my box, I own my box, and my box has a lot of opinions about all kinds of stuff. And at this point, I don't care much anymore. I've got other things going on. And, and so go do the other things. And the people who are hanging around you because their box likes your box or their gremlin likes your gremlin, well, they'll go find somebody else when you vanish into an invisible direction that they can't even understand which direction you went in, they'll, they'll go find other friends. So don't worry about them. And you can, can slip out of the delusion. You can slip out of the, the, um, fog or the veil that you've wrapped around yourself as a survival strategy, which was meant to dissolve when you were 18 years old or so. It's, it's, it's time to slip out of it.
3: <clears throat> I agree. <laughs> so,
2: okay, somebody else.
4: I, I would yes, I would like to say something. Um, what you said before about exposing ourselves to people that are transparent to us, so. It seems to me that when we are passing stages on our path...
2: Ronan, will you you speak in the I form?
4: Yeah. you say I? That I'll say I? Okay. When when I grew up, uh, there were stages that I already did, I hope. So, part of the things I already know that they are not for me. Like, I cannot cope with... Uh, people who are mean or people who are liars I know I passed these things and I know that these people are not my type are not my tribe I don't want to be connected or be part of them so I didn't understand the idea of going and trying to understand them
3: it's
2: not what I said
4: how, how can it contribute how can it be good for me to understand them?
2: Here's how right now, your circumstances are on you. your circumstances own you because if a mean person comes in your environment, you have to go away. If your mean person comes around you, you have to go. If a liar comes, you turn around and abandon them your 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 circumstances. Own you. So what happens when you see a liar or a, a, a mean person, and you're able to take care of yourself around those people, then you can still hold space. You can still be centered, grounded, and present, and their mechanical behavior, do, their survival strategy does not have to cause anything in you. You, you see what they are, oh yeah, there they are, box seven, whatever that is. And you go, okay, wow, that's a, that's a fascinating demonstration of box number seven. You walk up to them and go, Dude, God, how did you learn to do box seven so well? I haven't seen one of those in so long. And they're going, what? And you go, God, yeah, just the show that you put on is box number seven. It's, you're excellent, you're acting so mean. It's like you don't care about stuff. I mean, I know you're in there and I know it really hurts, but I'm just, your show is marvelous. God, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna write you into my next movie script or my, my character in my, in my book, um, do you mind? So, you know, you're not, the circumstances are not forcing you into a, ret- a victim position. You're not being shaped by your environment. You see the value of that? You get to occupy space and interact in a way that's powerful, that isn't that isn't defensive or um, you're not forced to retreat or go away. You can stay present and interact in ways that are, you don't have to attack them and kill them if they're just a mean person. You go, gosh, there's a mean person. Could you walk up to them and say, I need three lines for my bad guy in my script or something. What are your three favorite mean things? They go, what? And so there are totally other ways to do it. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh,
4: Yes, and it's very, um, it's it's, it's good for me to hear it because I understand what you're saying, that you are like victim to the circumstances Mm -hmm. because when I'm trying to avoid something, so I'm not not in freedom.
3: Yeah.
4: I understand that.
5: Yeah. Isn't it similar to going to a zoo and complaining that uh, an, o- an ostrich is not a crocodile? Uh, because every, there is, e- each species, it's its, it's, uh, it's own quality and, and we would not complain to any, any one animal not being another one. I mean,
3: I have
2: to tell you now my zoo story. I haven't told this story in a really long time, but I was in the San Diego Zoo, and I went there alone, and it was a Sunday afternoon, so all the moms and dads were there with their kids, and I had been sitting next to this large gorilla. He he didn't really have a cage. There was a wall and then a a trench and then a hill, and he was standing on the hill looking at the people who were up here looking at him from behind the wall, From the belly up, the people were exposed. So I was just amazed to watch him being entertained by the human beings coming by. And there was this man dressed in a suit, and he had his wife and his two kids, and he's going, look, honey, a gorilla. You know, he's in the cage. Ha ha, we're out here. And right at this point, I watched the gorilla and he takes his arm and he kind of slowly puts it behind his back. And then he kind of moves a little bit. And then with one swift move, he goes like this with his hand and he had pooped in his hand and he he plastered it right into this guy's chest, this gorilla poop right into his chest, gorilla poop. And it was like, it was like, whatever, it was like, Eight ten me it was a eight ten meters like thirty feet away perfect shot and and I just I started laughing so loud I couldn't it was an hour before I could get up off the ground <laughs> but but it was such a lesson to me about about the arrogant stupidity of the us naked monkeys you know the hairless bald monkeys compared it, it was just amazing so anyway I'm not sure how this has to do with with boxes and stuff but. It, Um, I just wanted you to hear this story. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else have something. Well, let me just read this last part of the section. It's called Expanding Your Box, and then we'll be on a whole new chapter here. So here we go. Expanding your box means to acquire real behavior possibilities that were not available before. So, so Maria, if you can, if you can hear what that's saying, it's saying that the fact that you've learned how to shape shift, shape shift is a talent and it's a talent that helps you expand the box with more freedom of movement than most people who are more solidly identified with their box you go oh yeah it's a show it's a it's an act it's one to character it's a personality I can shift that and so expanding your box means acquiring real behavior possibilities that were not available before you you have an advantage with that see what I mean so this is and then you can help other people with that you can guide other people with that Two methods have been discovered to effectively expand the box, a push method and a pull method. The push method comes from Werner Heisenberg, and the pull method comes from Santa Claus. (laughs) Werner Heisenberg, he died in 1976, was a world-class scientist who formulated many of the original mathematical models for quantum physics. The push method derives from what has come to be known as the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. In layman's terminology Heisenberg's principle says that the details of a situation cannot be known without interfering in the situation. The details of the situation cannot be known without interfering in the situation. In other words, The closer you look at something, the more you change it. This is a terrible consequence in quantum physics because it makes it very difficult to find experimental measurements, but it is fantastic for expanding the box because the closer you investigate the structure, the purpose, the methodology of your box, the more it unfolds into an expanding fluidity founded in clarity, love, possibility, and evolution. So the closer you look at it, the more it expands. That's the push method. Santa Claus, who's still living, is a world-class sorcerer who delivers enticingly wrapped gifts of Unknown Things, which is to borrow the title of a great eye-opening book on cultural anthropology written by Lyle Watson. So I recommend the book called Gifts of Unknown Things. But Santa Claus is this world-class sorcerer delivers enticingly wrapped gifts to the good people on an especially auspicious occasion. The unanswerable mystery is What's in the package? What is in the package? The unwrapped package is so enticing that you are moved to take risky actions to reveal the mystery of what is inside the package. Gifts of new tools and new techniques for creating extraordinary experience in relationship are too irresistible not to unwrap. The catch is, as soon as you try to use the new tools, your box expands. Get that? You have this package, have this amazing thoughtware upgrade, this amazing energetic tool in your tool belt. You want the thing, you get the thing, but in order to use the thing, your box
3: expands.
2: So that's the vacuum method. You get sucked into the vacuum. The two methods of box expansion, pushing and pulling, used simultaneously or rhythmically or one after the other or a lot of this and a little of this and then a lot of that and a little of this, those two methods of box expansion, pushing and pulling, open previously unseen doors and provide ways for us to take actions in new directions. We enter a natural process of individuation away from the collective unconscious, meaning it upgrades your thoughtware and that you thereby change the morphogenetic field. So the whole collective unconsciousness evolves as you evolve. By expanding our box, we start unfolding into our vast potential as adult men and women
3: for creating an extraordinary life and profound intimacy with your partners.
2: there was a chat going on. Why are some boxes seen as advantage towards other boxes in terms of expansion? If you say the actor's box has as a shape shifter can expand faster. Um, Every, so Christina, every, every single box has its own advantage. Every single survival strategy empowers something and confuses us about something else. And so there's, the pattern of that, we each have to pay that. We each have to work out the puzzle. Every one of us has this. It's a path. We each have to go through this puzzle of figuring out how to make use of our advantages and and um, sub, how do you say support and unfold our disadvantages. You know, to strengthen our weaknesses and make use of our of our strengths. So this is the path that we're going on in the box. So none of them have more of a an advantage than any other. I was just using that one as an example for Horatio and for Maria because we were talking about that particular box. Okay, you get it? okay, good. And there was a question from Mia about the white widow. The white widow is is just the, a lighter version of the black widow. It's the same thing, but it, the the person who is the white widow is not usually so sexually abused as the black widow. So the revenge is more, is more directed towards power or towards control or towards getting out of difficult situations using sexual energy as the grease. So it's not, it's whereas the black widow uh, or the gangster is just complete revenge. It's just utter and total Bonnie and Clyde, blow them up, take everything you can, give nothing back. That's the black widow. But the white widow is just a lighter version of that.
3: Okay, Mia? Okay, great. Good. I have a question. Yes,
8: Pontus. It's like, uh, I, can, I can catch my mind, I can catch my thoughts with the help of the uh, uh, distinctions. I can ha- I can catch myself with the help of the maps. I can see how I've shaped my depression and how I've um, gained from it. But um, um now I have this question of like, how does my box or gremlin just kind of create uh, like for today, it's tiredness and the last weeks, it's tiredness. So it's like this the intersection between the physical ailment, or the disease, and the box strategy.
2: Do you, so could you do the experiment in
3: public right now? Like, it's just track yourself back to how you did that.
2: How, how is it that you're causing the tiredness, for example,
3: that will then create the depression, or or like that how it like if you took radical responsibility
2: for for organizing your life in such a way that it came out like that without beating yourself up it isn't about being you know it's just noticing okay oh, yeah i did this i didn't do that can you just tell us some things like that
8: it, well um no that that's kind of my question it's like um, I can catch myself, but I can't catch how I'm pre- how where this tiredness is coming from.
2: Um, that, do you, do you have a, yeah. Pontus, do you have a possibility team where you are? No. You might want to make one. It doesn't take very many people, really, three or four people, and you have a team. I mean, I, yeah. I was in Mallorca, I had three people on my team. And I have had the most amazing support and feedback from these people. So, it is so it's so much, it's so helpful to have the perspective from the other people in the environment. Like right now, the conversation you just had would take about a half hour, and it would be a very useful conversation. We just don't have a, like a whole half hour right now to do that. So I would encourage you to make yourself right away, just start a possibility team and put that on the table. Because you know you can find a bunch of different ways to create the tiredness. I don't know how quickly you are doing your evolutionary processes. Like you you did such an amazing work in the expand the box. It was so it was astonishing. Do you know that? No. Okay. Who else was there? Was it anybody Amba, do you remember him? You remember? What, he, what Pontus did, how he was in Expand the Box? You were, no, he was one of those invisible people for you, right?
4: No, I remember
1: him absolutely. He wasn't visible at all. Okay. He present in the space. And?
4: his amazing transformation from being a silent man to becoming totally vulnerable and
1: visible and present with his magic gifts.
2: Yes, thank you. I thought you would see that. So I saw the same thing, Pontus, really the same thing. So this would make parts of you tired. There's a speed of evolution. So you might need to sleep for a couple of weeks, just a lot, like basically only sleeping. So some people, they actually get sick for, you know, so that they can sleep. But if you get the sense of of feeling this kind of exhaustion thing, it's basically transformation burn. And you just sleep. And you and really the best thing, I, I don't I would recommend this for everybody here. Before now and the end of the year, spend three days in bed, three days and three nights in bed, not reading, not with your computer, not with your phone, not doing anything, laying in bed, drinking water. And just sleeping and if you don't sleep just lay there if you just and you drink orange juice have fruit rice and vegetables and then sleep and this is this is so necessary it is so necessary human human life in the modern times in these days is overwhelmingly speedy and then you add on uh, a transformational process like you went through this is this is you know it, it does something to your nervous system so just sleep really could you do that Pontus yes will you do it yes when will you do it this weekend <laughs> yes yeah, starting Friday morning <laughs> yeah, cool get yourself some really nice bottled water you know just some really great fruits like uh, I don't know if you can get sour sop or uh, papaya, or you know, mangoes, or just some fruits that you really love, you know, just fruits around and some rice and vegetables, simple, really simple stuff. No music, no, no media stuff, no books, nothing. You just kind of curl up with yourself. You curl up on this side, and then you curl up on this side, and then you just, that's all, that's the biggest action you have. Drink more water than normal, so that means you have to exercise by going to the toilet and going pee. But then after that, there's no, that's it. And just tell people, just turn off everything, say, I'm, I'll be back on Monday. Okay. Thank back. you. How many other people could do that before the end of the year? Three days out. Really, really do it. Really do it. It is so great. It is one of those things. Yes. Cool. Okay. I feel glad about that. I mean, no, really, look, this is, I don't know, this is week 25 or something of this of this study group, and we're doing heavy-duty stuff in here. And it's, it's chunking out pieces of your thoughtware and rewiring stuff, you know, and shoving it in a different way and vanishing it. And we're, This is what we're doing, and people are sharing amazing, precious moments in our lives where sh- these things are being shared. And so... Um, this even just this group is significantly ele- um, transformational in, in its ele- in an elementary level. So so do not pretend otherwise. This isn't just a happy hour. It's also a sad hour and an angry hour and a scared hour like that. Thank you, Pontus Somebody? And and Amba, thank you for such a clear description of of Pontus's work, I I was touched exactly the same
3: way. So, thank you. Amber was there for all three weeks, just to let you know this is not the same Amber that existed before.
2: She it was wonderful to, to get to hang out with three weeks and go through because the expand the box level is the is the Hinayana level of work. It's sort of beginning practice, and then the lab is Mahayana level, and the and the Evolutionary lab that we just finished is the, more the Vajrayana level, the, the magical parts, the s finer details. And so to go through this, all three spaces, one week after another, this is a significant journey. So, and Amber made it with flying, flying colors, as we say. Doris, did you have your hand up?
0: Yeah. Uh, to me came up a question when you mentioned uh, you can expand your box looking at, the survival strategies and your things but then i i I realized they get much bigger than and sometimes you're like stuck or i'm like stuck in 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 some parts of and sometimes they are very very like wow more i have a look on more it's it's this is expanding no and yeah That question came to me. It's getting then so big.
3: (laughs) What? (laughs) What?
2: (laughs) Right. That's right. It does get that big.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. You know, and the question is what if it's really like that? What if you don't have to be a victim of that? What if you don't have to be so bored with life that you watch TV series on Netflix? that you're so busy experimenting out there in the world with people that that your life is better than Netflix what if that happens so give give it a chance give it a chance it's hard to imagine that human beings would try to get bored like that we would try to minimize you know it's already we in the uh, embodiment conference that we were just in, we were talking about how modern culture tells us you have a mind and a physical body. And that's it. That's your life. And then that's just not enough for a human being. So then we need to buy all the products. We need the new clothes. We need the holiday. We need the new car. All of these things. We have to do all that stuff to keep us suitably challenged. But as soon as you lower your numbness bar and you start feeling the intensity and immensity of anger sadness fear and joy feelings and emotions using it for healing things and using it for handling things and you get access to your pearl and your bright principles and your archetypal lineage and you start unfolding what you came here to do and you start delivering and building the culture that you would love to live in in form of a nano nation or a game world i mean okay okay hey it's not so boring anymore. Things things get a lot more lively when that happens. And so that it's, it's hard to imagine it how effective modern culture is at distracting us with a new, a new design for sunglasses or something
3: like that. So,
2: yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I sincerely encourage us as you, as you get to know your box better and better and, uh, To not be too shocked by it, but to try to find, use it as a puzzle. What is the puzzle? What is the key gifts that your box is giving you? The key little treasures and gifts that it has in it that have made you talented in a particular kind of way. And then in the ways that it has not made you talented, that's where you need to do your work to round it out, to get to, but you don't, you know, we don't have to be everything for everybody. You know, we don't. We need, the village needs specialists. So for example, if you're, a specialist, if you're a specialist in shape-shifting and you can use it for freeing yourself up from the victim's story or the persecutor's story or whatever it frees you up from, then you can teach other people that this is your talent. This is your, and we need you. The village needs you to be out there grabbing the young people, grabbing the old people, bringing them through these processes of taking responsibility for the gifts that are, are built into the box design, regardless of which box design it is. And this would be, this is where we can go. It is 6.30 my time, 7.30 other people's time. I don't know what other time it is, but it's been an hour and a half. This would be the time that anybody who needs to go can just go. And after that, we'll just sit around and fabricate butterflies so thank you all whoever came by for the hour and a half i appreciate your collaboration here and we'll see you next monday and anybody else who wants to stick around then we'll open the floor for other
3: other conversations joseph was it your hand up Can you unmute yourself? Here, I, I have the power to unmute you, I think. Yeah, I'm okay. I have to leave this time, sorry. So, see you, see you next time. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. <clears throat> I'd like to hear what you're up to in some
2: of your projects some of your uh what you're working on and how's it going like mark you have a bunch of stuff going on i'm pretty sure that calista you're working on some stuff how's your book
3: writing going nicole i know you're up to something how's it going I've been dwelling in my underworld. And I'm accepting my responsibility for my entire life, including what happened to me when I was born. My stuck part is Accepting
9: that I did that in order to be where I am today.
3: Um, that's what I'm processing, taking in. Mark, are you trying to? Did you try to do this kind of stuff alone, or do you have a possibility team, a regular meeting possibility team? I'm doing it alone. Is there any way
2: you'd be willing to try the experiment of holding space for, for example, an online possibility
3: team or a a local possibility team? The connection to a village is broken for me, and
9: I don't know how to get that via the online stuff.
3: You don't know how to get the what? Connection with village. So I
9: see everybody here and I've had connections with several of the people here. And I'm still not in a village. I don't know how to make that the village. It doesn't work for me yet.
3: Have you tried it in a small group?
0: because there are several possibility, small possibility teams going on. And my experience is that I I agree with you in a large group, it's pretty hard to connect. But in a small group, it's not in person, but it's pretty up close and personal.
3: We're talking a a
2: regular weekly, three or four people committed to this kind of this this journey
9: so the disconnect for me is the feedback that makes it so that I want to do it that's where i'm stuck i've done some healing processes i there's two teams that technically i'm part of that i don't always show up every week and i'm i'm noticing i'm not showing up and I'm not showing up because the feedback isn't there.
2: Well, so you could ask here, you could say, how could I shift these one or both of these groups into more of a, a feedback group? And, and if you ask that question, we would say something like, ask to give yourself feedback in the group, and then ask them to give
3: you feedback about your feedback to yourself, for example.
9: Currently, my voice blaster doesn't seem to be working well. What does that and mean? No, I'm feeding vampires.
3: Okay,
2: so what you're saying is we should leave you alone and you'll get back to us when you get
3: tired of feeding vampires.
9: No, I'm tired of feeding vampires, that's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm tired of living in my in my gremlin's underworld.
3: How tired?
9: I just need to see that where I go next isn't going to be version two of the same place.
3: The
2: invitation is to build the possibility team that you would love to be in, which is part of the village that you would love to be in. And it doesn't mean submit yourself to the context of somebody else's game world. Let me, let me explain what I mean. <clears throat> we figured this out a few weeks ago at this Schloss Glariseg, which is an eco-village in Switzerland. And we were there. They called us into an annual session for, it's, they call it intensive days. And so we came in and we, we heard, and Chloe and I, and we heard, we heard their description of their confusion about the context of their game world. And it, the confusion was, at the, was so deep, it was at the fundamental level. It was at the very deep level. And so we drew this map. It's this map of population and levels of responsibility. And so you have how many people are at what level of responsibility. And so you can divide responsibility up into five segments. You can have no responsibility or avoiding responsibility. You can have child level responsibility, adult level responsibility, high level responsibility, and radical responsibility. There's five different choices. So what we said is, here's the deal. There are five different ecovillages. How many of you sign up and register for the ecovillage that tries to avoid responsibility? Nobody put their hand up. Okay. How many of you want to sign up and register for, participate in, the ecovillage that has child-level responsibility at its center? One of the women put her hands up. Already, there was people in the game world who wanted to have the game world centered on on child-level responsibility. Well, this, you know, my mind was going, "Eh." okay, we kept going. How many people would like to sign up for, it's a different game world now, one that's centered around adult-level responsibility. Five people put their hand up. How many of you would like to join the, the game world at... High-level responsibility, seven people put their hand up. How many people would like to join the eco-village at radical responsibility? Five people put their hand up. So they were inhabiting four different eco-villages, four different eco-village game worlds in the same piece of land. This creates horror. It's a horror situation. And it's easily rectified. You just put this map up and you, you just... Here's your game world. And Mark, you decide which level of game world you're going to, you're going to build. So which one would it be? Which, which of the five different possibility teams would you be
3: in? And be careful which you answers the question.
9: want the radical responsibility game world
2: and does that have any connection to why the other two possibility
3: teams that you're around are not feeding you i don't know so then you could check you could say exactly what i said to you here at each of those
2: possibility teams and say which to which of these five different possibility teams have you subscribed to? Which, to which of these have you subscribed? And then you'll have this you you'll get so much clarity in such a short period of time. It's just an amazing tool. We just didn't have it before. We had everything we needed to, to put that together, but we never asked, we never designed it that way before. And it's so powerful to reveal the mixed context of, for example, a possibility team or of any
3: project what would happen if you did that well hey we don't know what would happen god you (laughs) say exactly Uh, we don't know what would happen so can you report to us next week what happens do it at both of them yes cool i feel glad about this <laughs> cool is there a place go ahead
0: is there a place where each of those levels of responsibility is written out laid out
3: i'm sure but it's not coming to my mind right now you mean just the graph of the
2: of that yes i mean I can send you the, the map. We've done it in a lot of trainings. You, you, want, you want to see I the map? I probably
0: have it. What? I probably have it then. I can probably go back and
2: look. Yeah, but I can. <clears throat> do we have? We don't I do
3: not see the map.
2: Okay, so I'll put it in the WhatsApp group. I'll put it out there. And then you'll have it. But it's, it's so powerful. I mean, one of, you have to know one more thing, which is the thought where for what responsibility means as taught to us by modern culture, is to be like Donald Trump. You know, avoid responsibility, create chaos, avoid responsibility, blame other people. So this is this is the responsibility in modern culture is a burden. Whoever is responsible has to pay. You, know, you get punished if you're responsible. You get punished, and so. The whole relationship to responsibility in modern culture is neurotic. It's it's insane in a way. So, but if, if you're going to use this map of the population with level of responsibility, you have to upgrade the thoughtware about what's meant by possibility, or excuse me, by responsibility. Because so um, upgraded thoughtware about responsibility is that if I am responsible, I get to choose. If I'm responsible, I am at source. If I'm responsible, I get to create. If I'm responsible, I get to celebrate or evolve or play. I get to, I get to be the one at the front. I mean, it's like <clears throat> at the edge. So if I'm responsible, I'm sourcing how it unfolds. So then that's what it, that's the new thought work. So you have to add that in, or else people always people go to the old definition of responsibility. So I'll put it in the a WhatsApp group, and we can check it out. Cool.
6: Shannon, yeah, I, I remember seeing that map recently, and we were there was a we were confused about the distinction between adult and high, and I was wondering if you could share that with us.
2: Yeah. Adult level responsibility is fair, meaning I will do my share and you do your share. So there's an expectation involved in there that fairness is equally perceived or something like that. So there's a a loophole at the level of adult-level responsibility, and that is that things should be fair. So somehow you have to work it out so it seems fair. High-level responsibility is a little bit beyond fair, but it isn't all the way radical. Like in, in radical responsibility, there's it's unconditional. It's I'm responsible for the entire situation. I, I'm not blaming anybody. I don't get to make up a story. I give no excuses, no reasons, no no justification. There's no expectation that I can have that because that's just gremlin food. So that's radical level responsibility. So high level responsibility has a few more of those distinctions than adult level responsibility, but not as much
3: as radical responsibility. So it's a kind of a fuzzy place in between radical and and adult.
10: Thank you. LinkedIn? Yes. Hi. Um, I wanted to speak about the boxes and uh, a fear that I've been having in different groups that I've been involved with and myself coaching somebody is the following. If we are so embedded within our boxes, then um, the level of responsibility to provide feedback. So thank you, Mark, for the feedback, um, uh, longing within the teams and Then what happens is perhaps it is the box that is providing the feedback and the fear and the sadness that I have felt has been in seeing and observing within teams the person holding the space, providing feedback that then creates an anger or a sadness in the team member that's one part. The second part is in one experience that I had when I provided a box feedback to somebody, she wasn't buying it. So she was saying to me, maybe it's your rescuer that is providing that feedback to make me feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we went around and around. So I wonder if we have a blind spot regarding our box. And so what's the level of responsibility? It's so delicate. I have fear around how delicate this work is.
2: I agree with you about that. I'm typing, I'm typing a website name here called Vacuum Learning, which, and I'm, I'm going to give you another one also. And the other one is,
3: it's called Two, Two Rapid Learnings, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. To
2: gosh, I should check for just a second. Give me one second, and I can check.
3: And yeah, two rapid learnings. And where are we here? No, excuse me, push the wrong button. There we go.
2: So it's called two rapid learnings. And the reason I'm telling you this is because. At the first discovery of the fact that you can ask for and receive feedback and coaching from your team, it is miraculous. At the beginning, it's miraculous. And then after a while, it becomes the gremlins come in and they start seeing how they can actually use feedback as a kind of hammer or a weapon. And it's, that's the point where it's time for you to learn the second kind of rapid learning. So the one that we talked about is like just in the book. One kind is a pressure rapid learning, which is go feedback, shift, go. And the second kind is a vacuum rapid learning. It's time for your people to learn the vacuum rapid learning. So the vacuum rapid learning comes in as a question of true inquiry. Could you please explain to me how a person such as yourself would think that it would be okay to come late to a meeting. How is it for you that coming late to a meeting is just totally fine? Just talk to me about that. And so what will happen is you will get three levels of, ac- of answers back in this process. So you have to remember the map of the three levels. So the first, the first level you get back is a reason. You get back an explanation. It comes from the mind. So you ask, okay, how could it be that you would come late to the meeting? And they would say, No, it was my car. I I I needed to get air in the tires and put some gas in there. And I just there was a line at the gas station, so I was just late. Okay, that's the reason. And you go, Yeah, that's what I really want to know is how how would that be okay with you? How how would you build a, a life for yourself where it like the way that we're relating to each other is okay to come late. So so the second level is they assume that you are attacking them. So they will attack back. So you get this, that the fact that you didn't believe their reason means they're in, they're in trouble or something that you attack them. So immediately they will attack you back. And what you do is go, ah, we're at the second level down in their underworld. So then you go, how great we're on course. And then you go, you go one more time and you go, but how is it really for you? What I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be with you. I want to work with you. I want to live with you. I want to be partners with you. And I'm, I, I'm, how is it in there? What is it like inside of you that, that it's okay for you to come late at a meeting like that? And what happens if you, when you get to the third level is all of a sudden they go, gosh, a feeling comes up feeling or an emotion comes up in them and then the real stuff comes out and it's just gold. This stuff is just molten gold. People just melt right down because you have been patient. You've gone all three levels down in their underworld. So you didn't take their reason and you didn't fight back when they attacked you. You're just present with them and listening and truly curious. You actually do want to, you open this space in you to hear what it's like inside of them to, to be in a world where they can break their time commitments and make people wait. And how, what is it like in there? And it's, it's horrible in there, actually. It's, it's so scary and sad and alone. And they will tell you, and that's when you you created this vacuum for, and it creates such a rapid learning and reconnection and an, uh, transformation of the game with people like that. So this is what it tells on the, on the website about this procedure for going through all three levels down in the, in the vacuum rapid learning. So it sounds like it's time to, you've got, the, you've got the signal, the signal is, okay, people are starting to use their gremlin with a beep, you know, I'm gonna give you some feedback, you know, and it's really from their box or, or from their gremlin, and it's time to learn the vacuum method.
10: Thank you for that, and I saw how my box my good girl, nice girl box didn't want to do that because they were the space holders, let's say, mm-hmm. right? And someone else in the team, I want to say, had a, a challenging time about it or stuff like that. And then I feel, and then I don't sleep well because why did I allow this person of authority who really isn't? Like, so I'll go back to, uh, you, you see, making myself small space. So this is a good tool where I could have said, sorry, I know you're the space full holder. However, what was that like for you? Does that, yes. mean, correct?
2: Yeah. yeah. Oops, I just made a mistake. Anyway, it, what, yeah, let me do this one thing. I, I just sent everything to Pontius before. So here we go. Fair. What you've got here is an unfair situation. Mm-hmm where they're the space holders but you're the one taking high or radical level of responsibility so mm-hmm. I put the, the third website in here for everyone i wrote you can ignore the word just says fair but there's a vacuum learning website there's a two rapid learnings website and there's a fair unfair website which starts to describe i'm not sure how much is on there but the idea is From now on, for the rest of your life, you're going to mostly be involved in unfair conversations Mm -hmm. where you are the bigger being. Mm -hmm. And why Why should you do it? Because you can. And they cannot. You can get off it. They cannot. You can create nonlinear possibility. They cannot. You can help them when it's not even your job. They can't even help you when it is their job. So it's an unfair situation. And you need to tell your gremlin to sit. Because this is where you need your gremlin at your side to help you do the unreasonable thing. The unfair job. And this is where magic happens. You can do this. This is where the magic happens. And you know what happens is, a lot of times nobody thanks you. A lot of times nobody even sees what you're doing it's invisible and the thing but the thing is it works so as the sorceress as a wizardress your point is your purpose is the outcome your purpose is what is the whole what is the final outcome you're the artist you know moving stuff around to create the final outcome and it's not fair people don't know what you sacrifice to not feed your gremlin to not get the egotistical reward, nobody claps for you, it is not fair. And from the rest of your life, it's gonna be that way because you can, because you can do it, because you have trained yourself up to this level of awareness and skill level. It's, and that's why we have this, this conversation here. This is a meeting of the witches and the sorceresses and the wizards and we sit around and we talk nuts and bolts And we appreciate each other's company with respect and love and just we can admire each other. And, and this is where you need to get your food. And when you're out there, you won't get it. You won't get the appreciation and the respect and it, and and it's your job to get off it, to drop the, drop the expectation that they're going to see what you're doing and and applaud, you and
3: thank you. Just forget it. Yeah.
10: Thank you, Clinton.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think this would be a good time to come to an end for this meeting. Next,
2: next time we come together, we have a whole new chapter, chapter five. We're only on page 89. One of these days, we'll get past 100. And it's, the section is called Some Amazing Things About Having a Body. So there's great stuff in there. So have a, have a good week. Have, enjoy your experiments. Take care of yourself and get your possibility teams together. And we'll talk to you next week.
10: Okay? Thank you. Bye, everybody.
2: Bye-bye. Yeah. thanks for all your communications in the channel. That's great. Bye-bye.